Hi, this is Marcus, and I just want to welcome you to the Timbers Church Podcast. We're excited that you're here. One of the things that we aim to do is to add some value to your life, to your family, to our community, and our world. We do so by exploring the truths that come from God's Word. So start the journey with us and hit subscribe and check out this podcast every week. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Hey Timbers, I am pumped that you have taken the time to join us for service today. Now, I don't want you to twist it. Well, actually, Don't Twist It is actually the title of the series that we kicked off last week. Now, here's the news. If you missed last week's message, I got really, really good news for you this morning. You can actually head over to YouTube and watch last week's message and catch right up. I think that's pretty cool. The fact that you can miss a week and go and actually literally catch up to where we are, okay? Now, don't go do that right now. Let's finish today's talk and then you can go catch up, okay? But just to give you sort of an idea of what we talked about last week, what we covered is that every single one of us, you, me, we all have these desires inside of our heart, right? And all those desires look a little bit differently, but a lot of those desires have literally been placed in our heart by God himself. And And what does that mean? Well, that means if it's been placed there by God, that desire is probably a good desire, right? And and if it's a good desire, that means that we want to lean into that. But here's the thing. Even a good desire can actually turn bad. Okay, it it all depends on how we fulfill that desire. If we fulfill that desire the wrong way, well, that's when it goes bad. And if you're interested on how a good desire can go bad, well, that's where you head over to YouTube and rewatch last week's message. Today, however, we're going to talk about something else. Today, if you have one of these, a Bible, let's get it out right now and let's open it up to Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs chapter 25. That's where we're going to start off today. And uh, matter of fact, let's just dive right in. Let's go to verse 16 and let's just read. Read it, see what it has to say, and then we'll come back and sort of look at a few other verses as well and sort of unpack it. But here's what it says. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 16 says, If you find honey, eat just enough, too much of it, and you will vomit. Let's stop right there and let's pray. God, we want to invite you into this message to speak clearly to us. We pray, Father, that you open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, and open our hearts that we might be able to receive all that you speak, and then give us the strength and the courage to put all that you speak into action. Because, God, we don't want to just be hearers of your word. God, we want to be doers. So help us to be your church. And everybody said, no matter where you are this morning, amen and amen. Now, today I have brought a a few props with me. I have right here, I have some raw honey, okay? Anybody like honey? I love honey. I mean, it's, it's great. Matter of fact, why don't you tell me what you love to put your honey on, okay? Do you put it in your cereal? Do you put it on your toast? What does honey go best with, in your opinion, okay? I have a whole bunch of things that I could list, but uh, I won't get into that right now. You tell me what your favorite thing is with honey. Also, I have over here, I have uh, a few eggs in a basket, right? I got some some eggs. Anybody, anybody have eggs this morning? I have eggs almost every morning. I love my eggs. Uh, My kids even say it's the one thing I actually cook well, and so that's great. How do you love your eggs? Uh, How do you eat your eggs? And uh, I would love to hear about that in the comments. So why don't you tell me that? But let's, uh, we'll set this over here for now. But um, the reason why I brought these two, I guess, visuals is because uh, 
it points into some of the stuff that we're going to talk about today. There's an old saying that uh, was, I, I don't know who said it, it was just an old saying, and, and, and the saying went something like this, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And basically what that saying is saying is it, it, it's saying don't put all your confidence in one thing, right? That's that's what they're trying to communicate there. Don't put all your confidence in one thing. And I was thinking about all the different baskets that might be represented in somebody's life, right? There's a ton. Like uh, your paycheck, for an example, that could be a basket. You put a lot of confidence that that paycheck is going to be there week after week after week, right? So there's a lot of confidence that you put in into that paycheck. Your 401ks, your retirement, those are things that we put confidence in, right? Like we put that money aside and we prepare for that day and we can't wait to sort of say, I'm done with work and now it's kicking my feet up and I'm going to be fishing and I'm going to be golfing and I'm going to be having a good old time just in enjoying my retirement. And that's something that we look forward to, but we have to put things into that in order to make that a reality. Um, titles. Titles are actually another thing that a lot of people put confidence in if we're all honest, right? A title is something that you don't just get. It's something that you have to earn, right? And so if you want the title of founder, you got to start a business. Or if you want the title of boss or president or CEO, then you have to climb the ranks, right? If you want the, the title of a teacher or a cop, or maybe a pastor like me, or let's say a nurse, you're going to have to go to some school and you're going to have to do some things in order to get there. If you want the title of an author, then you're going to have to put some time in to write a book, right? The list goes on and on as all the titles that we gather. Matter of fact, some of us, we go to school in order to get certain titles, right? We go to school in order to be able to tell people that, yes, I do have a college degree. Or, you know what? I have actually went farther than that and now I have a master's degree. And some will even push it so far to get their doctorate. And some will even push it even farther and say, I don't have just one doctorate. I have two doctorates, right? How far are you willing to push those titles? That could be a basket because we put a lot of confidence in that title that gets placed over our lives. Sometimes it's our toys and our hobbies, right? We put a lot of fun and, you know, fun is an important thing in our life. So we say, hey, that's a basket. I'm going to put a lot of time and energy into going out and playing. And there's nothing wrong with that. It could be our health. We go to the gym and we exercise, we eat healthy, and we want to be healthy so that we can enjoy life to the fullest. And so health could be one for sure. Could be a house, that white picket fence, and you put a lot of time and energy in creating that perfect just place that you can call home. It could be a dating relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend. It could be a spouse, husband, wife. It could be your kids. It could be a group of friends. Matter of fact, it could even be this amazing church, Timbers Church, could become one of your baskets. All the baskets in our life, they, they come from a lot of different places, and they're going to look a little bit different from one person to the next. But all I know is the ones that we just got done listing there, and there's many others that would fall into this category, there is nothing really that bad about those baskets. They're actually probably pretty good. And, and, and so it's like, that's, that's good that we have these baskets. But sometimes, here's the catch, sometimes what we do is we take all of our eggs and we put them into just one basket. We have something that's very, very important to us. And so we're like, you know, this is the, this is the basket that I care the most about. So I'm going to put all my money 
into the basket. I'm going to put all my time into the basket. And all of a sudden, what we find is the one basket is getting all our energy. All our energy is being directed towards the one thing. And even when we're not fully giving all our direct energy to it, our minds our minds are still dreaming about that one thing, right? Really, even though the basket in and of itself is not bad, all right? Even though the basket itself is good, if we place all our eggs there, what is it doing? It's setting our life up for a disaster because then what happens when life throws us a curveball, which life often does, and we take our basket and we take it over here and life throws the curve and all of a sudden the basket drops. When that happens, all of a sudden we find our life literally being shattered and left in pieces because we find that when the basket falls, there's not a lot else to lean on. And that's the disaster that can happen when we put all our eggs even into a good basket. Now, maybe there could be a better approach. Maybe we could spend a little bit more time spreading out our eggs into other baskets as well. What if we practice a little bit of moderation uh, when it comes to the attention and the time that we put into each of our baskets? Now, the Apostle Paul he wrote a lot of the New Testament, and his writings were really letters that he would write to different churches that he started. He was like a church planner. He would go start a church, move on, and go start another church. But he wanted to stay in contact with all the churches that he started because he cared deeply about them, and so he would write them letters. Now, as you read through the New Testament and read some of the letters that he wrote, what you'll oftentimes find is that his letters had a ton of encouragement. He would praise the churches for doing well, and he would encourage them in the faith, and every now and again, then he would work in a little bit of correction. Here's some things that you could give a little extra attention to. Here, let me explain some things that maybe you you have some questions about. But but all in all, man, I just am thankful for you and, and I would just want to encourage you. But then there were other letters that didn't come across that way. There are letters that it was more like he would just come in and start stepping on people's toes. It was like, man, I'm just going to toe stomp in this letter because you got some issues. And one of the letters that you read is that you find he did a little bit more toe stomping than others is uh, the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church seemed to have a few, well, problems, okay, in how they were approaching life. And Paul literally jumps right into giving them the correction that was going to be needed in order to straighten things out. So I want you to think of the Apostle Paul as one of your friends that is not scared to tell you the truth. We all have one of those friends, right? It's a close friend, and they'll tell you the truth even when you don't want to hear the truth. It's like, oh, I just want to, you know, like, but it's like you, you hold back because you know where it's coming from. See, the reason Paul would be able to say the hard thing what was why? Because he cared. He cared deeply about these people. He loved them dearly, and that love would actually drive him to the place to speak the hard truths that they needed to hear. And you can read through this book of the Bible, First and Second Corinthians, and you can see the many problems that the Corinthian church had. But one of the big ones that you'll find that they had had to do with sexual sin. But there was also other, other things that they struggled with as well. And a lot of the things that they struggled with 
really came down to moderation when you stop and think about it. They seem to have a hard time understanding the meaning of the word, right? Simply put, they would actually take things a little bit too far, right? So far that that thing would actually become sin in their own lives and they would need to do something about that, which is why Paul would address it and call it out and say, let's get, let's self-correct here. Let's repent here. Let's get back on the right path. So let's look at one of those letters that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. This is what Paul said. He said this, he says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Stop there. Now, this verse has to do with sex. The culture of the Corinthians was very sexualized. They, as a result, had taken something that was beneficial, sex, right? They had taken something that was good, and they moved it outside of God's plan. And then it became harmful. If you jump forward just a few chapters in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, you see almost an identical verse to the one we just read where Paul wrote this. He said, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Now, this portion of scripture had to do with food. But whenever I see things get repeated in the Bible, it's like this flag pops up and I'm like, I need to pay attention to this because it wasn't just said once, it was said several times, which means that we probably have an issue here that we should pay attention to, right? And so let's do that right now. Let's hit pause and let's zero in on these two verses and see if we can't pull something out here because whatever was being communicated had to do with something that was very important for them to understand. Now, in both places, we see that the text says basically the same identical thing. It says, I have the right to do anything. I have, I have the right to do anything. Now, that sounds something that, something very similar to what maybe an American might say, right? We live in America and we have a lot of rights and we like to let people know that we have all these rights right? But both these texts, Paul follows it up with saying, yes, okay, you have some rights. Absolutely. But just because you have the right doesn't mean that it's beneficial, right? And then to drive the point home a little bit farther, he basically repeats himself in both of these verses. He follows it up with basically saying the same thing. In the first verse, he follows it up by saying, don't be mastered by anything, and then in the second verse that we read, he said, not everything is constructive. Repeat, repeat, repeat. When you repeat something, you better catch it. You better pay attention, right? And so we also see that as he repeats this and he's pushing it, we take it in context of what he was applying it to. And we realize that he was talking about sex and he was talking about food, two things that I personally love, two things that God created, two things that are good, very good. But the point that was being made here is this. Sure, you have a lot of choices on how you can engage with these two good things, but not all of those choices lead to good results. 
See, some of the choices that you can make can actually cause you to lose your own control of your life. Some of those choices can actually cause others around you to sin. And some of those choices can actually cause you to sin. And even if the thing is not sin, it doesn't mean that it's always beneficial. Which brings me back to wanting to look at the text that we kick things off with in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 16. What we saw there, let's go back to it, Proverbs 25, verse 16, is it says, if you find honey, right? If you find honey, which we love, we like, eat just enough, too much of it, and you will vomit. Me personally, I love honey. Something I don't love very much is vomit. I just don't like it right? And this is a little bit gross, but it drives the point home. When we get consumed with one thing in our life, when we put all of our eggs in one basket, it not it, it, it's not going to be pretty for our lives down the road. And just like honey, God has given us these great opportunities in life, so we want to go out and enjoy them without, without bringing them to a place where they destroy our lives. When we begin to binge on just one basket in our life, we binge on one area, then what happens with all the other baskets is we end up missing out on those areas of our life. So the challenge that we face is literally going to be in going around to all our different baskets and checking to see how many eggs we have put into it, right? Because each back basket represents one of the things that we value in our life. And so the goal would be to have a balance in all of these areas, have them balanced out fairly equally, right? Now that is easier said <laughs> than done because our tendency is always going to be to drift to just one basket. Why? Because each basket desires to control your attention. If your basket is kids, they're going to try to control your attention and they can be loud. If your basket is a house, right? The yard is going to continue to grow. The paint is going to be come, you know, like chippy eventually, and it's going to need to be repainted. There's a ton of attention. Every basket is going to fight for your attention. And oftentimes we'll drift to the one that is the loudest, or we'll drift to the one that we care deep, deepest about all in the, the, the process of neglecting the others. Now, we are all in different stages of life, so literally our baskets that we need to pay attention to are going to look different for each of us, right? Some of us are going to need to put a little bit more time and attention to uh, certain baskets. For an example, like me and my wife, we have uh, one, uh, five kids. Yes, okay, right? Five. Yes, five kids we have, right? All under the age of eight, 
eight. Yeah. And so that means that a lot of our time and our attention is going to have to be directed that way. Why? Because we want them to, we want to keep them alive. Okay. We're not looking to thrive right now. We're just trying to keep them alive, let them survive. And then we have succeeded. All right. But also like there's some of you like kids is not the main basket in your life right now. School is right. And so you're attacking school and you're giving that extra attention. Why? Because right now that is a basket that requires a little bit more time and attention, right? For others of you, you might be single and it's like, you're you're like, man, someday I want to settle down. And so that crush that you have your eye on, right? You might need to give that a little bit more attention. Now, don't put all your eggs there because otherwise you could have heartbreak and it could fall apart, but get out there and pursue that. Give that some attention if that's something that you are, are seeking, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It could be work too, Work could be something that in this season you need to give a little bit more attention to. It could be preparing for retirement. There's different season, regardless of which basket that you need to focus in on a little bit more or a little bit less. It doesn't really matter. The key, the key is learning to enjoy the good things that God has placed in your life without losing balance of the others, right? So we want to enjoy everything within balance in the season that we're in without becoming mastered by any of it, okay? And remember this, all of our baskets, all of our baskets in our life are within one giant basket, okay? And that giant basket is called life. And that basket is not held by you. And that basket is not held by me. That basket is held by God. And so as you take your eggs and you place them in your different baskets, you need to understand that God should be represented in each and every single basket, not just your separate church basket, but he should be represented in them all. Now, maybe you're here today and you're thinking about this and processing what we've been talking about, and you realize that God is not represented in your life at all. You have never walked in step with him, or maybe you did at one time, but there came a point in your life where you decided uh, you were going to walk away. You were going to go another direction, pursue your own things, and you did that. You turned away from him. Well, I think today would be a great day to fix that. All you need to do is do a 180 to turn back to God. He's ready to receive you. He's already paid the price in order to forgive you. So let's invite him to have the lead in our lives. And if you want to do that right here, wherever you are in your own home or in your car or wherever you're watching today, you can literally do that by simply saying a simple prayer like this. Just say, God, forgive me for my sin. Take control of my life. From this day forward, I choose you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today, man, will you please click the link and just reach out to connect with us? We want to hear about it. We want to know about it. We have a gift that we want to get to you as we come alongside you in this journey of following Christ. It's an exciting thing. But for all of us here today, I also want to leave us all with a cue. What is a cue? A cue is an action step. We don't want to just be hearers of God's word. We want to be doers. So how can we put today's talk into action? Well, we can do so by doing this. My cue for today is to simply identify your top five 
priorities. What are your top five baskets? Okay. What are those things that you care deeply about? Now, as you identify them, the reason why you need to identify them, because oftentimes what you think is your top five truly is not. And so the first step is to identify what you desire them to be, but then to see if they actually align up. And the way that you determine if this is your one of your top five is by how many eggs have you placed in the basket. So what you need to do after you found your top five is you're going to go get your calendar and you're going to go get your checkbook and you're going to look at your checkbook or your, your banking account, okay? And you're going to look at your, your calendar and you're going to say, okay, how many eggs have I put in this basket? How much money have I invested? How much time have I invested in this basket of my life? Is it one basket that's getting all the money and all the time? Or is it all five fairly balanced out? Do I need to remove one egg out of here and put it over here into my spouse? Do I need to put one egg out of my work and put it into my kids? Do I need to take maybe one out of the kids and put it into my work? Like you get to be the one that is in control. It's your choice. And you get to make sure you're not being mastered by any of these, but that you are lining it up with what God has for your life and then trying your best with his help to balance it out, to make the biggest impact and to get the most enjoyment from those areas. Does that make sense? I think that this is a great, great thing that we can do that will set us up for the future to live a stronger and better life. One more in step with him. Will you pray with me as we close? God, I just thank you for being a God that has given us just great insight in your word on ways that we can sort of balance things in our life. Lord, there's so many things that are requiring our attention right now. We got bills, we got house, we got kids, we got all these things that are fighting for our time and our attention. And a lot of times they're trying to pull us away from you. Lord, you need to be represented in each of these areas. Let us not neglect you in any of them and help us to identify truly what the top five should be in our life and then help us to manage them in a way week by week that will bring balance. Lord, let this become a weekly practice in each of our lives. I pray this in Jesus' mighty, powerful, powerful name. And everybody said, amen, amen.